here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcasting Your Global Career. For those of you who are new to this space, my job is to uncover the best of the best authors, speakers, thought leaders, singer-songwriters from around the world and present them to you. It's what we do. All right, welcome everybody to the Dharmic Evolution Podcast. I am with my guest today, William Harris. And, uh, you better strap up your seatbelts because this is a good one. Um, William has a resume you would not believe. William, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah. So where do we start with you? I mean, you've done so many things in your short life thus far. Um, let's, tell, let's start with where you are right now. What exactly do you do? Yeah, from a professional standpoint, uh, I run, I'm the CEO of Element, uh, which is spelled weird. It's E-L-U-M-Y-N-T. Um, but we're an advertising agency for e-commerce. And so we are hyper-growth trying to scale brands that are on Shopify. Um, and we've been pretty successful at that where uh, we've got 13 businesses that we've helped get acquired. The largest sold for $800 million, So just missed our unicorn. A little bummed about that. Wow. But uh, having a lot of fun scaling brands. Uh, outside of that, though, there's a lot of other things that I'm interested in doing. And I think we were chatting a little bit about some of that stuff, both in the music, right? I play the yeah. acoustic guitar, but I play a lot of the other instruments as well. Um, but I'm a dad and a husband. And so I love to be able to, you know, take my wife on fun date nights and take my kids out and play basketball with them and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of stuff. How old are your kids? Uh, 12, 9, and 7. Oh, good mix there, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you're, you're not keeping any calories on. Right. No, we're running, running, running. We're, we're in between. So I, heard, so I actually was just on a, a like a like a dad's trip here this this past weekend, um, and I heard a dad say this, and I appreciate the way he said, "We're in the no triple D stage, no dating, no driving, and no diapers. We're in this weird little zone right now where we don't have any of those things going yeah. on." Awesome, awesome. Kids are such a blessing, you know. Uh, yep. You know, I have two boys myself, and uh, actually three grandkids too. So it's. Uh, it's just the blessings keep coming. So tell me, I want to ask you about when you were um, in school, just to, just to loop back to business just for a minute. Sure. And you realized that you were kind of going in a bunch of different directions, but you seem to come back to the space you're in now. For what reason? What was the trigger that got you there? That's a good question. You know, initially I wanted to be a rock star. My mom said that's not a career path. Yeah. And so I ended up in nursing. And the thought there was that I could still be, uh, I, I could still do my music four days a week, be a nurse three days a week because they had, you know, three days is considered full time, three 12 hour shifts. Um, and then 2008 happened. Uh, and uh, I was low man on the totem pole because I just graduated in 2005 from nursing school. And so, uh, you know, I was fighting. We had a one, one year old baby. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working, right. We, we, sorry, we didn't have a kid at that point in time, but you know, when, when the 2008, 2009 started happening, my wife was pregnant and we're, we're working on trying to figure out, okay, how, how are we going to, how am I going to provide, uh, for them? And I realized I needed to diversify my education. And so I went back and got a degree in marketing. Um, and, and it was in that moment that I started realizing, you know what? I initially was just thinking I would use marketing because you always need to market yourself to get a job. So right. I was still thinking in it within nursing. Um, but eventually I realized that I might have a gift at this. God may have blessed me with this. And so there was this uh, test that you had to do. It was like a simulation of business. 
And each week was a different week of this business's uh, like life cycle. And each week counted as one year for this business, this fake business. Um, and we were competing against a bunch of other colleges and other teams and stuff, Stanford and everybody's in this, right? It's a big, big thing. Uh, and at the end of this time, uh, I, I ended up basically putting all the rest of the companies out of business and I took 81% market share. There were only two companies uh, left besides the company that I was running for this. And so I was like, hey, this is something that I maybe have like a little bit of a skill set around. Um, and so what I, the agency is kind of like a really good blending of the, the desire to help people come, you know, from the nursing side of things with like this extreme fascination with math and numbers and science and how those things fit together and how things work. And so advertising yeah. is a really interesting way of being able to do that from an agency perspective to help businesses, but with math and science. But how did there's there must have been something sure. in your past growing up that connected you to that world of marketing? It, because it seems so effortless the way you describe it, like you were just there and everything made sense and you just understood it. <laughs> like. Yeah, what's interesting is I don't know if there was like a thing as much as like it's the it's the combination of all of the things, right? So like um, my mom is a band director uh, and, and music teacher. And I can remember one of the things that she had a sign on her door um, as you were going down into her office at school uh, that said practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. And so I appreciated that, right? It's just that idea that it's like, look, if you practice something incorrectly, you're just going to be really good at doing something wrong. Right. Uh, and that's not very helpful. And, and I think there's a lot of stuff like that within the business world as well, or people that are doing the wrong thing over and over and over again, and they're just really proficient at doing it incorrectly. Um, but then my dad was uh, an electrical engineer. And so I think that there was like this really good understanding of, of, of science and math and stuff. And my, my initial approach was I was looking at going into uh, electronics engineering um, and part of the reason for that is because I just liked disassembling things. We'd get an RC car and I'd have about a day before I took it apart and use the parts for something else. Right. Um, but I think for the, the advertising and marketing, there wasn't like, like a thing within my childhood that I can think of other than it was just this, it was just like this interesting thing that I'd never considered until I realized that it was like, I'm in this really rough spot. I think it really was later on in life where it's like, I'm in this rough spot where I can't provide for my family. I, my hours got cut as a nurse and I was told I would never have to worry about a job. Uh, and now all of a sudden here I am, baby on the way, and I've got to think through this. And so I was thinking, I need to figure out how to market myself. Uh, and then it just turned into like, a, hey, by the way, you know, you actually might be pretty good at this. Yeah. Maybe you should consider really actually pursuing this versus just using it to market yourself. So what was your first um, big takeaway that you said, hey, I got a really magnificent win here in this new space? And what? And sure. was that something that you just said, oh, my God, the door just opened a little bit and I got to peek what's out there? Sure. So, so the, the very first job that I had in this um, would probably have been when I after we moved to Minnesota. So I didn't use my marketing degree for a while. Um, I actually started doing travel nursing and, and that's how we moved from Ohio to Minnesota, which is where my wife was from. Uh, and, and, uh, for a little while there, uh, you know, and there's a whole lot of, I know that uh, you're a believer here. And so there's a really good story about like how nursing actually comes full circle eventually. And it's like well, God's providence and him having me in there at some point in time too. But from the marketing side, uh, it turned into one of those moments where, um, I, I was, I was talking to, uh, a buddy of mine who knew somebody who ran this software that I wanted to use because, um, a part of what I was doing was I was trained in every unit of the hospital. Uh, and so I would call in and just say, Hey, do you need anybody here tonight? Where do you need somebody? And there was always a need. So I would come in and I'd make double time and triple time and stuff like that. And, and all kinds of really interesting ways that I could make money from that. Um, but it's still just trading time for money. Right. And so right. at some point in time, like you, you're like, well, okay, 
eventually you want to maximize a little bit too. And so I realized that, okay, what if I help solve the scheduling issues that they have in the hospital? Because there's a lot of scheduling struggles, and they were still scheduling on paper and pencil at the time. And so this guy, Chad Halverson, ran a company called When I Work, and they were doing uh, online scheduling for uh, the majority of hourly workers. And so I thought, well, I want to use his API and build that out for the rest of what we want to do. And I talked to him, and he said, well, actually, we're getting some VC funding. Why don't you come and run our marketing team? Okay, I like that idea. And so I came on. It's the first marketing hire there, and I want to say maybe employee seven or something like that. Uh, and we scaled 270% within the first seven months, just absolute phenomenal growth. Uh, and that's probably the first official real thing outside of like a simulated environment in college where it was like, okay, yeah, it wasn't just the simulation. I actually maybe do have a gift for this. Yeah. And I started writing about it then on Entrepreneur and Fast Company and people said, well, help me grow my business. And it's okay, sure. And it became a repeated thing. It was like, okay, it's not a one, one trick pony. This is a repeated thing. We're doing more and more and more. We got a company, Celebrate, acquired by GoDaddy. And it's like, okay. This is a gifting that God has placed in my life. So the vision became what? Like when you had that first win, did you see it as a whole legitimate business of what? No, I didn't see it as an agency at okay. all. It, okay. it was a freelance thing. Uh, I actually, the, the name element, I, I had registered the domain name years before I actually even did anything with it. Uh, just as like, a, oh, I thought that was kind of cool. It was a six letter domain, which was nearly impossible to get by that point in time. And uh, I like the idea of like the periodic table of elements, again, going with science. Um, and so even when I started doing it, I, I want to say I built the company up to close to a million in revenue before I actually even took it serious. Wow. Um, and uh, it was it was one of my my business mentors who has now become one of my best friends, uh, Dave Mortensen. Uh, he actually started Anytime Fitness, the whole the, the franchise, the, all of them. Right. Wow. And I remember I remember talking to him the one time about it. And talking about how I love to solve big, giant problems, like massive problems. I don't, I don't, I get bored with like the little things. And he said, well, what if the problem you're supposed to solve is actually like this thing that God has already placed in your life, this agency, you're just supposed to solve that problem and actually like build this. And I was like, huh, that's a good idea. Maybe yeah. that is the thing. Right. And so yeah. it wasn't until somebody else spoke, God spoke through somebody else for me to realize that that's what he had placed in my life for that. Um, and at that time, that's when I started scaling it. And I realized that. Oh, interesting. Here was the vision. You were at this the vision. The vision was agencies didn't understand business. Okay. And and so what we started doing was how about we get our clients actual PLs and make sure that what we're doing is optimizing around their profit, around their EBITDA. And that was a big defining moment because a lot of times people can, you know, advertise that you can scale the ad spend and they can scale all these other things, but it doesn't actually impact the business in a way that matters to them. Yeah. Describe EBITDA. Yeah, uh, I think it's like uh, I know the term. Yeah, but yeah. It's like... Earnings before interest, tax deductions. Got, and, okay, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so um, so it's you're basically like a, a measure of profit. And right. so so looking at the bottom line and saying you know and this had happened to we had a client uh, one time they were used to spending maybe ten thousand dollars a month with their agency, and then the first month with us, uh, you know they get their invoice and it was twenty thousand dollars or something, and he goes. Well, that's a lot more than we're used to paying. I don't like this is really kind of frustrating a little bit. And and, and he was the marketer though. Yeah. I said, okay, wait a minute. Remember, we're talking about this from a proper perspective. We were able to spend two hundred thousand dollars more for you, uh, and we were able to generate this much revenue. So subtract your cost of goods sold, subtract your overhead, subtract your shipping, subtract your uh, you know everything else, subtract the ad spend, subtract our agency fee, and in your business netted profit-wise another $800,000 more month over month, just within one month of switching to us. 
is that okay that, you know, we take an extra $10,000 to give you an extra $800,000 in profit? He goes, well, yeah, when you put it like that, that's exactly how I want to put it. <laughs> you got to open the door and let them see the light. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so this has become like, not your whole life, but I can tell by the excitement that you love what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I love it because it's one of those things where helping people and there's a lot of people that are out there that are, that are, I would, I would say not in, uh, intentionally hurting people, but there's a lot of agencies that are hurting people uh, because they're, they're not able to be effective in what they're doing. And yeah. we're not hundred percent effective either. Right. We're right. the first to admit it. We've, we've had companies that we failed at. And, uh, and in fact, um, Dave wants me to put this on, uh, one of our websites is like, Hey, hear from a case study of somebody that we actually just didn't do a very good job for. We, we did everything we were supposed to, but we didn't get the results that they would want. Right. That we, right. we, we failed at or whatever. Um, and because this, this client who we, we did not find success for happens to still refer us business. Wow. And the reason why is because he said, I know that you guys tested it well. You guys communicated well. You were honest and trustworthy. And that alone know, means that I know that anybody I send business to, you guys are going to do an excellent job. And if you don't find results, it likely wasn't the media buying that was the problem. There's maybe a branding issue or a positioning. There's something else that needs to be dealt with within the company. That is a rare trait. To have that in business so Absolutely. and you know people do love having that because you become more than um a customer client relation it's almost a family you know yeah. and people love that sense of trust you know um let's talk cryptos <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking earlier how uh, we both kind of became fans of it. Um the blockchain in particular I think is such a um a boom for everybody. Um so tell me, how did you first get connected? What was your first? Uh, yeah, I'm trying know. to remember who is the one, and I can't, I, and I feel bad. I wish I knew who was the one who told me about it, but I want to say it was about uh, January 2015 is when I bought my first uh, Bitcoin, and um, I want to say it was around $300 of Bitcoin at that time. Yeah. And even then, uh, it still seemed to the majority of people, and even to me buying some stuff, even putting money, it was just like, I'm really just kind of wasting this money. It's kind of dumb. And, you know, it's like I didn't put too much into it at the time because you, then you have to explain to your wife why you just, you know, put thousands of dollars into some fake money. Right. It's right. like that's not a very easy thing when you've got kids at home and whatever. Yeah. So I didn't put as much as I wish I would have now on hindsight. Yeah. Um, but that's when I started getting involved in it. Um, and I think the thing that I really appreciated about it was, it was kind of maybe to what you're talking about is not necessarily the crypto itself, but the blockchain. Yeah, the technology that's underneath this—it's like you know, Bitcoin might go wherever, Ethereum, whatever. Like we, I, we didn't know necessarily at the time, but the technology was very interesting at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to do a lot for voting, uh, for transactions around the world, keeping people honest, and and you know having the ledger at your disposal yeah, is yeah is awesome. You know, I mean, I I can't even imagine the brain power that went into. Like having the vision for this, like how did how did he he or they come up with sure. it? And Satoshi, you know, the invisible man who created this, you know, like it's really really fascinating. But I, I picked up right away that you have a lot of diverse interests in a lot of oh, different yeah. things. You like fishing too, right? Well, so I appreciate fishing. I would not right. say that I'm a good fisher, but okay. in Minnesota, there's a lot of good fishing. I have friends who are good fishers. My brother-in-law is a good fisher. Right. Um, walleye capital of the world. Um, and and I've, I've done a little ice fishing there then too, but uh, I wouldn't consider myself to be a great fisher. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like to do, you know, yeah. just outside of work? Like when I, when I'm not working, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I really appreciate doing the most right now uh, at this stage in life is, is, is just playing with my kids and, yeah. you know, take my date, uh, my wife on a date. Um, we 
trying to come up with better ideas. I haven't been very good at this. I'd say that's probably true for a lot of entrepreneurs is we can sometimes become so focused on what we're building that we can neglect the other things that are important to us in our lives. Yeah. Um, but, but really working more towards that and filling up even for my own self, it's like, I have such a heart and a desire to, to do that better, uh, with that. And so we actually just did a date here recently. Um, we went, it was moonlight snowshoeing. So it was beautiful. Oh, it was a full cool. moon and, and we're snowshoeing at nighttime and it's just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. We've got three feet of snow out in Minnesota right now. So it was just so peaceful and calm and there's like not a sound out there, right? And it's just like just you and her out there just enjoying it. So I like trying to do things like that. Um, I love playing my guitar. I actually, you know, I've got I've got my acoustic, my Martin HD28 that I'm, I love playing on, but I've got We've picked up, you know, drum set and uh, and, and uh, we've got, you know, microphones, which there's a funny story behind the microphones. My wife, I'm terrible with gifts. <laughs> and so my wife says uh, one time, and I'm trying to do a better job of this, right? Um, and she said something about like, oh, I, I, I would love to do some karaoke or something like that. And I hear my wife loves karaoke. She really loves karaoke. So I got this you know, for her birthday, this massive PA system with 2,500 watt subs and stuff like that, right? Like this this big thing with like, you know, really good sure microphones and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, for her birthday, and she's like, what is this? <laughs> I was like, you love karaoke. She's like, no, I wanted to go karaoke maybe one time. Uh, but so we've got, you know, the microphones now and stuff. She was like, I think this is a gift for you. Well, then I was like, I really truly did try to think of, of, of you and I thought I was latching onto it. But um, but yeah, just music in general, like the poetry behind music and playing and, and sometimes where it's like, even within worship, it's like, I can feel like sometimes the instrumental parts are, are even more like heartfelt to me when I'm worshiping God, even the, than the words themselves. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Music has that way. It sounds like you invented another new business, snowshoeing in the moonlight and then adding additional snowshoes for the drum risers, and the, you know, <laughs> microphones and everything. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what about, uh. Other things that you guys like to do, like, you know, that's the winter. How about in the summer? Sure. Like, what are you guys up to? In there? Oh, man, the summer in Minnesota is beautiful. We've got, you know, they say ten, the land of 10,000 lakes, but I think they, they really said there's actually closer to 15,000 lakes. And so there's just a lot of really good outdoor things that we like to do. So, you know, summertime, it's kind of like when we were growing up where it was like, you go outside and you don't come back inside until it's dinner time kind yeah. of thing, right? It's yeah. Like, but you, you better be outside. And so anything we can do outside, but... You know, going to the lakes, just uh, stand up paddle boarding and stuff like that with the kids. Jet skiing. I don't have jet skis, but uh, I've got some friends who do them. Go, you know, to their cabin or something. Go jet skiing. Just go swimming and just anything we can. Playing water balloon fights and squirt gun fights and all the normal summer activities. Yeah. The uh, one thing you might consider is a trip around Vancouver Island and kayak. Mm. Sea kayaking. I did that with my son when he was like 15 or something. And the whales would swim right up to you. Oh, like it was, I mean, cool. you were, you were essentially in the Bering Straits. So, sure. you know, yeah. it's like wild. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so you're a high energy guy. Do you have trouble shutting it off? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that's probably true for you too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, you know, from, I'm the, that way this from the second I get up until, you know, it's crash time. And, you know, if I sit down like after dinner, sometimes if I had a really long day, you know, I'll start to nod out, you know. I'm reading or something like that or just watching yeah. Netflix and I can't keep up with the show. No, I need bed by 10 o'clock. You know, it's like I'm, I'm toast because you know? yeah. I get up early. What time do you get up? Uh, so beginning up about seven o'clock now, which is not that early, Yeah, but it's yeah. early compared to what I was doing there for a while. Kind of like you said, hard to shut it off. I probably close to, I don't know, four or five years. I was going to bed about three in the morning, waking up at seven thirty in the morning. And it's like, I'm, you know, I'm getting my three, four hours of sleep a night for years Yeah. because I was hustling and grinding. Right. And yeah. uh, 
I should stop that here. Uh, all of, for all of six weeks, I've been getting to bed by about 10, 11 o'clock at night, getting up at seven, just trying to let my body recover a little bit. Yeah. The eight hour thing is really, I've done some studies on that. As a matter of fact, I should send you that podcast. I yeah. think, I think Joe Rogan had somebody on who he went into detail about how if you don't get the eight hours, it comes off the back end of your life. Mm-hmm. And it was a really great study. I, I just love what he brought to the table. Um, because, you know, for people who um, are always fired up and want to accomplish things, um, we're pretty, um, we're, we're like mercenaries on ourselves. <laughs> we're like terrible. Yeah. You know, we're driving ourselves and all that because you love what you do, yeah. you know, and you, there's not enough hours in the day. And I'm like, I'm trying to like tick every box by the end of the day. And all right, you've already put in 12 hours, you know. So I've been trying to get like eight hours sleep because for a while there, I was like the five-hour man. I was just like, I could run on this, yeah. you know. But I find I find that I have more energy um, if I do, you know, put some, you know, some focus on that. You know? I could I could do a good job with one thing. I just couldn't do all the other things that I wanted to do. All, I, I wasn't able to do the date nights that I wanted to and all those other things, right? And so right. I realized that we actually were talking about this. Is, it's January now, and um, – my, my biggest New Year's resolution when our team was talking about our New Year's resolutions as a team, I said, is get to bed on time. Because every other goal that I have depends on me getting to bed on time. Yeah. If I want to continue to stay working out really good, I need to do that. If I stay up late, guess what I end up doing? I usually snack. So there right. goes the diet out the window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I'm not creative to be able to come up with date night ideas. Then I'm you know crabby towards my kids or whatever else this is. But it's like all of the other goals that I have, they depend on that one goal really. And so that's kind of one of my biggest focus this year. It's a delicate balance, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I start my day every day. First 40 minutes are God, meditation, prayer, mm. and and actually writing, you know, like even if it's just uh, free-spirited writing. And then, then I feel I'm centered. And what I've been trying to do is not bite off too much, you know, and just let sure. the Lord guide. Like, you know, he's, he's the master of doing all this, you know, so. I think about God because he's outside of time. Yeah. Completely outside of it. And, and so in my mind, I like to look at the, the timeline and I'm thinking, okay, well, if I don't reply to this client's email here at 3 a.m., uh, then then they're going to leave me and then I don't have the money for that to be able to pay for my employees. So then I'm going to, you know, now that's going to be an issue that I can't hire this person. So then I got even more work to do. So it's like, so I got to answer this email at 3 a.m., right? And that's, that was the lie that I believed for the longest time. Right. Um, and I started realizing that I was like, well, a couple of things. One, that's because I'm seeing the block that's right here within my timeline, but I can't see around that, right? God can't. Right. And so it's maybe one of those things where how about God might be saying, I actually wanted you to lose that client. Yeah. Because I have something on the other side of this that's a whole lot better for you. But, so but you're true. sitting there holding on white knuckled. Um, and so I, I realized that. I, so I did this thing with my daughters, right? You know, I, I put like a, a, one of their favorite toys in their hands. Uh, and I said, okay, I want you to hold on to your toys, right? Really hold on to them. And then it's like I'd go and get like like a hundred dollars or something really like they really wanted like a cookie or something right, so but you can't take it because your hands are already white knuckled grasping onto something else and so you maybe want this more than that but you can't take it because you're holding on to it. We do that so much in our yeah, own lives. We don't do. We? we really do. Um, before we uh, say our goodbyes here, um, why don't you give us uh, your best way for people to reach out to you, um, whether it be a website, email, whatever you want it. Sure. Uh, yeah, my website is uh, element.com, E-L-U-M-Y-N-T.com. Uh, but otherwise, probably the best way to, to, to reach me is probably through through Twitter, uh, which is just uh, W-M-H-A-R-R-I-S-101. So William Harris 101. Yeah. So for all you people who have products on Shopify, 
e-commerce, this is the man for you. William, this was awesome, man. So glad you came by. Thank you. It was really good to God see bless you. you. You too. Another great show. So glad you guys showed up today for podcasting your global career. Please check out all the links in the show notes. My coaching link is in there. Let's uncover your purpose and get a discovery session with me. No obligation. What have you been waiting for? I'm your host for podcasting your global career, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride with me Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery If wishes were windows I'd open one and find That freedom is really A simple state of mind So Ride with me Ride on, ride on We can untangle all the mystery Ride on, ride on Maybe, baby, you and I can find the key Ride on, ride on We can unlock each other's destiny I taste the breeze of freedom It's tingling on my tongue Mr.